You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. Welcome to The Way Home Podcast, my friends. I'm so glad you're joining me today, uh, wherever you're joining me, whether it's in your car, on your your commute, or taking your kids to school, or picking them up, or if it is while you're doing some chores around the house, or perhaps exercising, whatever excuse you have to turn on your smartphone and your favorite podcast app and listen to The Way Home. I really appreciate all of you who listen. I don't want to take you for granted. It means a lot to me that you enjoy these conversations. If you like this podcast, I want to encourage you, can you go to iTunes and rate and review it? even share it on social media if there's a particular meaningful conversation that you had. Before we get to our conversation, I just want to tell you about two important things. Uh, One, my new book, Away With Words, Using Our Online Conversations for Good, is out and available wherever you buy books. Perhaps you're reading it now. If you are, I'd love to uh, hear what you think about it and possibly write a review on Amazon. But if you have not gotten it, you can go to awaywithwordsbook.com and there's links to all your favorite retailers, Amazon, Christian Book, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and don't forget independent bookstores. It's all available there. would love for you to pick up a copy of that. Also, I would love for you to sign up for my newsletter. It's called One Little Word, and it goes out about every two weeks, and I have fresh content in there that you haven't found anywhere. Original stuff, not found in any of my articles or book chapters or anything like that. And I talk about all sorts of things from history to ideas on leadership to some things I'm learning in the scriptures, kind of an eclectic collection of ideas that I'll send out in there. Also, you'll get updates on my latest projects and links to my latest work, wherever it is around the web or publications and what I'm reading. I'll put in there the books that are on my book stack. So if you like that sort of thing, please go to my website, danieldarling.com and sign up for one little word. I'd love to have you as part of that community. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Kristen Weatherall, who works with the Ministry of Unlocking the Bible with Colin Smith, a great preaching and teaching ministry. Kristen is a great writer in her own right. I just love her materials, her stuff. They're always really soaked deep in Christian theology, opening up the Bible and applying it to various questions that people have. I had heard on to talk to me about fear. Now, I know this is a year... 2020, where fear has been kind of an ever-present part of our life. In some ways, it's good because we have things to fear. A virus, economic shutdown, unrest in our community, racism, all these things. But there's an unhealthy sense of fear that Christians can be tempted toward. And she talks about this. She has a great book called Fight Your Fears that is deeply theological. It's kind of a theology of fear, walking through the scriptures. My wife has used this for teaching and several others that I know. And so we'll ask her about fear. We'll ask her about her how this has played out in her own life and what encouragement she has for people who are going through this interesting and difficult year. You'll enjoy this conversation with Kristen Weatherall. I'm glad to have my friend Kristen Weatherall here on the Way Home Podcast. Kristen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Dan. This is fun. So I think this is the first time you've been on my podcast, I think. Although, I, you know, we've seen each other at conferences and I've read your work and, and things. But 
this is the first time. So glad, glad to have you on here. I want to just talk a lot about your work. So you have, you have a new book out on fear, which is really good. Uh, I was telling you offline, but my wife took this book and was teaching kind of walking through it herself, but also teaching ninth and 10th grade girls. And it was just really perfect. And it, we got it right before the pandemic or kind of right when we were heading into that, when things were really, I mean, 2020 has been just nuts, but there was like a time, March, April, where it was just like, what is going on? Is the world just imploding? And still kind of feels like that, but it seemed a little bit more than, but anyways, it was very, very helpful. So tell me a little bit like what you were thinking about this book, you know, what was kind of going into your heart and mind when you wanted to write about fear? Well, certainly did not predict a pandemic. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm a fearful person, you know, I'm, I'm a human being and, um, also a sinner, which sin can be woven into fear in some ways. And, um, at the time I was pregnant with my daughter, Joanna, who's now two and a half and found in being pregnant and becoming a parent that that brought a lot of fresh fears to the surface. I was never really more aware that I was so out of control of my life, of her life and needed a, a way to process this, you know, frankly, kind of came up short with resources that addressed the heart of the issue and that pointed me to the Lord. Many of them pointed me to myself and myself was obviously the problem. <laughs> so I needed, I needed a, a better solution to fear than that. So I ended up writing an article, I think it was for Desiring God at the time, about fear because I needed a better solution. And so I just started searching scripture and it seemed to me throughout the Bible story that the Lord is always pointing us to fear him and that in fearing him, we're given perspective, right perspective about our other fears. Not that they disappear because they don't, but it gives us proper perspective as we look at who he is. And so I ended up writing an article on, I believe it was three of God's precious promises that directly uh, address or, or counteract our fears. And um, that's kind of where the idea for the book came, because I felt that to be so helpful to be preaching the word to my, to my own soul in these moments when I'm deeply afraid. And so, yeah, that, that's where the concept for the book came from. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, there's a lot out there on fear, whether in the Christian world or like just in the broader marketplace, but a lot of it is, you know, some of it's good, but a lot of it is kind of surface level in terms of, you know, look within yourself, you have strength within yourself and all this kind of stuff. And what I love about your book is it's very theologically rich and grounded in who God is and in the gospel. And it seems like there's a temptation to kind of avoid some of those hard theological truths in a time of fear. And so I'm glad that you went there. So maybe explain to me the importance of that. You're exactly right. I, I agree with that. I think if we avoid the truths about about who God is and what he's done, even the hard truths, for example, that God is sovereign. He is in control over all things. Somehow in a, in a grand mystery, even evil, he holds on a leash. <laughs> Those are hard things when hard circumstances hit, such as a pandemic. Where is God in this? If he's in control, how could this be? And yet we absolutely need scripture to direct our thinking about who God is, because we find that in light of that truth, it, it actually gives us great comfort over our fears. 
because we not only see that God is sovereign and in control, but we see his heart throughout scripture and his heart is good and it's for his people and it's for his honor and his fame as he works out all of his purposes. And I do, I I totally agree with you, Dan. I think a lot of these, I would, I would venture to call them self-help gospels, quote unquote, about fear are about the self, be strong, Mm -hmm. be brave, but if I'm actually the problem, then I have to look outside myself for some kind of rescue. And I believe the church is well-intentioned in, in giving certain messages about fear as well. But even there, I, I heard and read a lot about um, becoming fearless in this life, which, as I look at scripture, just is not what God promises us. I believe he can give us Wonderful victories over certain fears, no doubt, because he is powerful and he works through his spirit. But generally speaking, the Christian life is a fight. And until we see Christ face to face, we're not going to be fearless and we're not going to be sinless and doubtless. Our goal is to know Jesus and to fear him. And that's, that's the beautiful picture that scripture gives us that this God who is worthy to be feared, this God who is, who wants us to know him and to love him. He is trustworthy. And so we can look at our fears in light of its character. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so you've been writing for a long time and maybe just talk a little bit about your writing journey. Has this been something that you kind of started doing late in life that you picked up? Is this something you've always enjoyed doing, you know, writing, teaching, studying theology, all that? So maybe maybe speak a little bit about that. Yeah, happy to. I never thought that I would write. I always enjoyed writing. I enjoyed writing short stories when Mm -hmm. I was growing up and was that weirdo in college who loved writing research papers and people made fun of me for it, but I just always enjoyed it. I loved putting uh, sentences together in a way that communicated clearly, in a way that was compelling and beautiful. And I studied music theater in college, which is the form of communication. So I think I've always had, I guess, that, that desire and that bent. But I really, I only started writing, I'm trying to think, about about eight years ago. I was living in New York City at the time and had just graduated from college with my music theater BFA and was living, living the New York City actor's life, you know, auditioning at 5 a.m. and working four different jobs to pay the rent and really not getting to enjoy the city that I lived in because of that. And at the time, my, my chronic pain had started. I have a history with Lyme disease and mm. I didn't know that I had it. But I just started hurting and really couldn't function in the city without pain. So I started reading the Bible and then writing what I was reading and what was encouraging me in the word for myself because I needed an outlet. Life was just, it was so hard and nothing made sense to me. It seemed like the Lord was leading me a certain direction only to (laughs) divert that course completely. And I needed a way to process it. So I started a blog and discovered that I loved it. I loved opening the word and asking questions about the text and um, asking who who is who is God in this passage and and what does that mean for me? How am I supposed to respond to this? And so that little blog turned into um, what I would call maybe a women's ministry blog. I had a few friends contributing to it and looking at the Bible and applying it to life. Um, And then I was contacted a few months later by a website and they asked me to write articles for them. So that's how I started more publicly writing. And now when I go back and read them, it's, I I chuckle um, because it was definitely the beginning for me of that, 
of that, uh, exercising that gift. After that, doors opened and I ended up moving home because New York City was clearly not what the Mm -hmm. Lord had for me and praying about what he wanted me to do. And that's when I got my job at our church, the Orchard, Mm -hmm. and um, met my husband there. And one door opened after that to begin work at Unlocking the Bible, which is our radio and media ministry. Mm. And I started editing our blog and working on our website and um, just got to exercise my hand at writing. And it was a joy to get to do that every single day, full time, until I had my baby and started to stay home. And then I eventually had to put in my time there um, to stay home with my daughter. And the Lord, in the meantime, opened up opportunities to write. So Hope When It Hurts came about. In that time, which I co-wrote with my dear sister in Christ, Sarah Walton, mm-hmm. and now Fight Your Fears. So it's been, I, I would have never seen it coming. God is truly so wise, so much wiser than we are. And his providence amazes me because I would have never yeah. chosen it for myself. It, it's amazing how God directs our steps, isn't it? Like, And you know, I want to encourage folks to uh, visit Kristen's site. It's kristenweatherall.com. We'll have a link in the show notes here, but Kristen has some really great books. I do you know, highly recommend them. Your first book, uh, Hope When It Hurts, Biblical Reflection to Help You Grasp God's Purpose in Your Suffering is a great, great book and uh, just really helpful, uh, biblical help for those who suffer. And then you have this latest one, Fight Your Fears, uh, Trusting God's Character and Promises When You Are Afraid. Uh, I'm curious too, and you also work for Unlocking the Bible, which is a, a great media ministry. You know, I'm curious too, You as a writer and a, and a, a author, you know, there's this kind of tension for us, right? Uh, particularly for Christians that we want, you know, we have this message that we want to, we feel like God has given us that we want to get out to the world through books or blogs or any other way. And yet, you feel a little tension of like, you know, I'm not trying to make it about me, but I want people to get the message. And like, you know, there's all this conversation about platform and everything like that. How do you think through some of that? I've been thinking through a lot of that recently, actually, and looking at looking at scripture about what God says about his own glory and how that interacts with the natural human desire for self-promotion and for self-glory. Talk about a fight. It's a daily fight because my heart wants people to see me and applaud me and appreciate what I'm doing. I want to be noticed and noted for that. And yet it is so clear in scripture that only Jesus is the judge and his assessment of me matters most on the day when I will stand before him. And what matters most is his well done. So keeping that in mind has been really helpful. The verse that I think of as being kind of the banner over any writing that I do really over my Christian life in general is second Peter two, nine, where it talks about God's people being a chosen race and a Royal priesthood and a people for his own possession. Why? So that will proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. And so it's my goal as a Christian as a mom, as a wife, even as a writer is to proclaim the excellencies of Christ, then that's really, that's really helpful. That's really clear. I think the more that I, the more that I seek to do that and fix my eyes on him, uh, the less prone I am to be concerned about what other people think. It's really the fear of man Mm -hmm. that we're talking about, right? Yeah. That can be demonstrated in you know, are they critical of my writing or do they love my writing or whatever that might be. But the Lord says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to assess you 
on the last day when you stand before me. And that's really what matters. And keeping that in mind has been really helpful to me. One of the things I've tried to do in my pastoral ministry is encourage people to go to counseling, whether you're feeling depressed or struggling with anxiety, or maybe just working through a difficult relationship issue in your marriage or with your children. Counseling is really important. This is why I'm very excited about my friends at Faithful Counseling. What I like about Faithful Counseling is that you can go online to the website and you can fill out a form with some really good questions and they will match you up within 24 hours with a counselor suited to your needs. This is counseling that is biblical, that also understands the the clinical and chemical sides of what ails us and what plagues us as, as people. And it's fully confidential. One of the things I like about online counseling is that sometimes there's a stigma for us to get in our car and go to a office building or inside a church that sometimes is a barrier for us to go get help, the help that we need. We feel like we're performing in front of somebody or letting people know that we have an issue. With faithful counseling, online counseling, uh, you'll be matched up with a counselor within 24 hours. If you don't like the counselor that you've been matched up with, you can change with with no charge and it's all in the confidentiality of your own home you also have 24-hour access to your counselor and you get responses uh, within 24 to 48 hours i just really think this is a great resource so if you are someone that really knows that you need to go get some counseling or you want to talk with somebody about a situation in your family in your life please check out my friends at faithful counseling go to faithfulcounseling.com slash way home that's faithfulcounseling.com slash way home and if you do that you'll get a 10 percent off discount on your first month but please do check out faithfulcounseling.com slash way home There's something about, you know, having a kind of like security and confidence in Christ. You know, I read last year, I read a great book called The Soul of Shame by um, Kurt Thompson. And he, one thing he says in there is that being known by God and knowing God is the most important thing. And if you do, then I think you're free to, you know, particularly as a, as a writer to say, you know, God's given me this ministry. This is what I do. This is a way that I can minister and serve the body of Christ, uh, but also it frees me from having to worry about, you know, if this book is a bestseller, great. That'd be amazing. We all want that. But if it's not, that's okay too. Or if this article blows up and goes viral, that's awesome. God uses that. Great. If not, it's okay too. Like, you know, if I could help one or two people become closer to, to Christ, that's really worth doing. I, I think that's kind of how we have to kind of come to think about our work, right? I think so. And my pastor, Colin Smith, has said in a sermon of his, maybe a paraphrase, but whatever grips the mind, controls the heart. And so I think a great diagnostic for me when I'm thinking about the stuff that I've written, whether it's articles or books or whatnot, is it causing me to be anxious? <laughs> and by that, I mean, of course, I want people to read. We, we want as many people as possible to read what we've written, not for our own sake, but because we're willing, we're proclaiming the excellencies of Christ. And we want people to read about him and love him and grow in him. And so I don't think that's a wrong thing to say. I want my book to do yeah. as well as it can. And Lord, bless it. Lord, 
would you get it into as many people's hands as, as you will? Mm-hmm. You know, what were, if this is on my mind a lot, then it's going to start controlling my heart. And I even felt a little bit of that when the pandemic started, because in a way it was helpful for fight your fears because a lot of people were afraid. But honestly, Dan, that petered out pretty quickly because I think people got over thinking about being afraid pretty quickly yeah, <laughs> and started to move on to other things. And, and I think you've also seen how it affected the publishing industry mm-hmm. and, you know, people spending was just on halt. Mm-hmm. And I found myself getting a little bit anxious about that. Yeah, And I really had to check my heart and say, like, why? Why am I so anxious about this? The Lord is, is sovereign over this pandemic mm-hmm. and he's sovereign over this book. I think we just know the difference as writers between a spirit of submission to him and and resting in that versus striving and becoming anxious over that. I think you come to the place too, Kristen, and maybe you're at this place. I've come to this place where it's like, I just want to be faithful to the opportunities Mm -hmm. given me and to produce a body of work that when I'm gone, I can be proud of that has helped equip the church. You know, sometimes, because we work sometimes in isolation, you know, just us in the laptop, (laughs) Uh, we forget like this is the way that God can use us to serve the body through our writing. Like there's a lot of things I can't do that other people are way better at me than doing and their gifts can serve the church. This is a way, this is something that I can do. And then you get maybe an email or two or someone that says, man, I really, this book hit me at a time and God really used it in my life. That makes it all worth it. Even if, even if it doesn't rocket to the top of the New York times list or if it does, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've said to my husband, you know, what writer doesn't want their books to stand the test of time? Right. You know, you look at books like Knowing God by mm-hmm. J.I. Packer and yeah. The Cross of Christ by Scott, and you're like, oh, I want my book to be like that. Yeah. I want it to stand the test of time. And my husband has very wisely said to me, yeah, that would be great if that happens. But if it doesn't, your book is for such a time as this, mm-hmm. and the Lord will use it, even if it's just in a handful of people's lives. It was not a waste. And also, Dan, I think we shouldn't negate the reality that the Holy Spirit is teaching us. Hopefully, we're writing for our, our own souls first, and we're writing out of a place of need and desperation and a desire to grow. And so, I, I've learned so much about who about who Christ is and and my need for him through the writing of these books. And I suppose even if something happened and no one read it, that would be enough because I'm in the word and communing with the Lord. And that's the point of our lives is to commune with him and to know him. This is a great book. I want to encourage folks to get fight your fears. Um, Some of the chapters are, you know, you're just kind of reciting the truths that God has for us. Right. So you know, I will provide, I will Mm -hmm. protect you. I will never leave you. I have accepted you. I will judge you. I'm alive. You know, it's interesting as we were reading through it, my wife and I were reading through it. This is where theology really matters because, you know, you often hear people say, well, no one cares about your theology. You just need to to care about people. And that that is true in in some senses, right? Like you could be this kind of theology nerd that's beating everyone over the head with it. But at the end of the day, what we believe about God is, is not just this kind of academic exercise, right? Like it, it matters when hard times come, when a pandemic strikes or, you know, there's unrest in the country or something in our personal lives that forces us to, to really wrestle with who we are and who God is. Theology matters, right? And so I'm, I'm so glad that you are just delivering that here for people to read. Thanks, Dan. It does matter. And anyone who says that theology is for theologians or or pastors, I think doesn't realize that 
they're a theologian because we all have a set of beliefs about God and who he is. And the question is, are they right beliefs? Are they aligned with what scripture tells us about who he is? And and I love, I don't know if, if Paul Tripp coined this term. I have no idea, but I read it in, in a few of his books. He probably um, did. Our, our theology, of, yeah, our theology affects our street level theology. In other words, what we know about the Lord hopefully is affecting how we're living our lives and how we're trusting him as circumstances arise, whether hard or joyful. And so theology deeply matters because we're talking about the God of the universe who created us. And in order, in order to know ourselves, in order to know what's going on in our hearts, we need to know him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Mm. So in order to have insight into what, what's happening in our lives and how we're supposed to interpret it, we have to understand who God is and what he says in his words. Yeah, that's so true. And again, I want to encourage folks to get this book, Fight Your Fears. This would be great for personal study, but also for small group discipleship all that kind of stuff. So um, Kristen, I really appreciate your ministry and I want to encourage folks to follow you and read read your stuff you're writing all over the place for Unlocking the Bible, but also for places like Gospel Coalition and uh, are just a really good teacher. And not just, you know, the, the sort of the cliche that teaching women, which I think a lot of women are really learning a lot from what you're writing and teaching, but, you know, for the whole church uh, to really read and, and be discipled. So really appreciate what you're doing and uh, encourage folks to, to get your stuff. Praise God. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at, at Dan Darling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast. This is a production of the National Religious Broadcasters.